every yoke breaks every bondage Acts chapter 4 thank you brother Toby uh, Acts chapter 4 find verse 36 and uh, we will read that so appreciate our worship team, Minister Micah, Brother Toby, and all of our Levites. God bless you. Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. If you're all there, say, woo. All right, very good. All right. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owed. And he goes on to say that he laid the, the money at the apostles' feet. Go to Acts 9 and verse 26. Nothing like your presence, Lord. You know, when you get near anointed worshipers, Minister Micah, Brother Toby, there's so many, but just feel like I can sing when I get near them. Uh, Acts 9, verse 26, are you all there? When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. This is talking about the Apostle Paul. Not believing that he really was a disciple. That's because there are people that say they are, but they're not. It's a separate message. Verse 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Go to Acts now, chapter 11, and find verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas. Who'd they send? Barnabas. Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw that the grace of God had what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch, so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Go to chapter 13 as we methodically move through these texts of scriptures. Verse 1 of Acts 13. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, there's his name again. 
It says in verse 2, while they were all worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work in which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. One more text. Acts 15. And go all the way to verse 36. How many of you love the Word of God? Acts 15, verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. It's called follow-up. Verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take with him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement. Dude, that's a fight is what they're having. You know, it sounds nice and everything, but really it's not nice. I mean, it's a full-on biblical proportion argument. You're not bringing the turncoat. You're not bringing Mr. Yellowbelly. He abandoned us. I'm not taking him on a mission trip. Get it? And Barnabas is like, oh, no, dude, we need to bring him. It's God, right? So they have this argument. And they parted company. In other words, they ain't hanging out no more. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left and commended the believers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria, strengthening the churches. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've done already in this service. And what you're going to do now in the moments that remain, I pray, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Again, we submit ourselves under your mighty hand. I thank you for those that have driven far, even from Anchorage, even from Willow and Telkeetna area. Lord, come all the way down the mountain to hear the word of the Lord. And I pray, oh God, tonight that you would bring with tremendous clarity and anointing that which we need to hear to move us forward in that which you've called us as your people to flock in your care. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Interrupt any part of this. This is all you. We want you to come and speak and move and turn and touch and change. And we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do we have that video all cued? Uh, why don't we go ahead and drop the lights and make sure the sound's on. Forgive me while I coach y'all. And um, let this play, please. Do you remember the taste of strawberries? Once and for all. Come on, Mr. Frodo. 
I can't carry it for you. But I can carry you. Come on! might not know that movie, but <laughs> that is a powerful scene where the chunkier fellow, Samwise Ganji, <laughs> picks up Frodo. Frodo is this ring bearer. It's, it's the return of the king from Lord of the Rings series. And um, we are big Tolkien fans in our household and in fact, we, we just love movies, and uh, I've found that just about all Pentecostal, spirit-filled preachers and pastors love movies, and um, I th I'm not sure why that is. It could be. It's true, though. I mean, if you do a survey, you do a survey, you'd just be amazed at how many pastors go home and, like, watch a movie, and, um, and I think the reason is because you just be like... You just like turn off, <laughs> go somewhere else, you know. And you think, well, shouldn't you go to the Lord? Yes, you religious thing. Yes, we go to the Lord too. But there's nothing wrong with just a little bit of, you know, rest and relaxation and, and disconnecting. This, this movie's filled with all kinds of types and shadows and, uh, from Scripture. And uh, Tolkien was a, was a believer, as, uh, as was others that wrote similar stories like C.S. Lewis and Line the witch in the wardrobe, and so on and so forth. This section of scripture, uh, section of movie, pardon me, is about Samwise Gamgee. They're at the end, and they've got this ring of power that has to be thrown in the in the in the fires of Mordor, and, and to break the curse off the land. And and Frodo can't do it anymore. He's done, and he's he's dying. And, and nobody else can carry the ring. And Samwise Gamgee, or should we call him Barnabas, picks, he, he says, I can't carry it, but I can carry you. And he picks him up, and it's a beautiful picture of the anointing I, that I want to talk about tonight as we continue in a series, the anointing and the anointed. And I think we have a slide that will come up here eventually as my media team is working on that, please. There we go. The anointing. And the anointed. And so we've been looking at people in the Old Testament, New Testament that have specific anointings. What, what is the anointing? You know, sometimes in Christianity we use so many Christian-like words that nobody knows what you're talking about. The anointing is the God enablement, the God power to get God's stuff done. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the, of the devil. The first time you see the scripture actually is when Jacob lies down and sees Jacob's ladder. He anoints this rock and, and that place is called Bethel or the house of God. And, and so we've talked about the anointing and how God wants to put his power on you to do God stuff. And without his power, it's going to be hard to do the stuff. He, but I'm just going to say it this way. You can't do what God's calling you to do without the anointing, without the power of God. And because Jesus lives on the inside of your heart, you are anointed. In fact, he is the anointed one. And if he doesn't live in your heart, we can remedy that by the end of tonight's service. 
So we've been looking at the anointing and the anointed. We talked last week about Solomon, the anointing of Solomon. And I'll just say, if you didn't hear that, I'm told it was great. It certainly impacted me. And uh, it's available. It's online. Freely we've received. Freely we give. We don't have CDs. We don't do any of that. We just put it all up on social media and everywhere. And you can get that downloaded. It's, uh, it's podcasted. You can get that at iTunes and download all this. You can download hundreds of sermons right off of pot. You could get years worth of teaching. You could listen to a message every day for the next five years, I think it is, and not run out of messages off our podcast. That's, that's amazing. So the anointing of Barnabas. Everyone needs a Samwise Gamgee. We could call it the anointing of Samwise, but I decided to keep it biblical. The anointing of Barnabas. Everyone needs a Barnabas. The church needs a Barnabas. We need Barnabas in our life. We need to be like him. And it's, it's, uh, he's profound in Scripture. He affected the church. And, and really, he affected the course of history. If it wasn't for Barnabas, certain things wouldn't have happened. He's not preached about too often. But how is Barnabas described? Well, first of all, and we do have notes for you, and you can get those on the app and download those. And what I love about that is if you miss one of the blanks that we're going over, you can email it to yourself and it fills them all in. Wow. His name is not Barnabas. Actually, that was his nickname. His name is what? Joseph. It said it right in the text. He's a Levite from Cyprus whom the apostles called Barnabas. And uh, I sometimes call Barney. But Barnabas. It means son of encouragement. You see that right in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. Barnabas was his nickname. In Acts 11, verse 24, he's a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith. He's what kind of a man? A good man full of the Holy Spirit and, and faith. If, if you stick around here long and I greet you and I say, are you full of faith? That's where I get this from, right here. Are you full of faith? And from Stephen, a man full of faith, the first martyr. Are you full of faith? He was a good man and he was full of faith. So ask yourself, are you full of faith? Are you, good? Are you a good man, a good woman? How the Holy Spirit worked in Barnabas' life, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, is he was an encourager. I thank God for people that encourage me. I have numerous ones. One of my, uh, well, they're all my favorites, but the praying grandmothers from time to time shoot me, and shoot me texts, and they just say, they say things like, you're the best pastor in the world. Oh, and if it wasn't for you, you know, God bless. And, I, you know, I'm so encouraged. I, I don't think of myself as the best pastor, but how many of you know it's good to hear encouraging words? I don't think they're lying, so maybe they think that's true. I mean, praise God. But when, when I get these texts or I see these things, it's just like, whew, come on. My wife is a tremendous encourager. My wife is a, a I don't know what would be the, the feminine version of Barnabas. Barbie, maybe? No? Okay. <laughs> My wife is one of, the, one of the most incredible encouragers. You can't be around her and she didn't say something to you that just lifted your spirit. You go, oh, hey, woman of God. Hey, hey, man of God. How are you doing? God's great. He's in control. He's on the move. He's providing. She's always saying something. We had a group from... from uh, my daughter's university, Evangel University, come just recently, and boy, they did an amazing job. But they're still talking about what's taking place here from when they were here. And one of the things that, that really struck them was that pastor's wife, Pastor Karen. 
because uh, we, I think, how many, we, we ended up with like 12 students and 10 students in our house, and, um, and it was a joy. They're sleeping everywhere, and, and uh, we have a room downstairs, and my wife would go down and greet the ladies, the young women of God staying down there, and she would greet them with the, you know, the normal greeting that she has every morning. Good morning, great women of God. God's good. It's going to be an awesome day in the Lord. You know, she's constantly saying stuff like that. She's, she's a Barbie in the spirit. No, but she's, you know what I'm talking about. She's got a gift of encouragement. That didn't go over so well. I'm, I'm going to keep going. She's got a gift of encouragement. The gift of encouragement is, the, is, is part of the Barnabas anointing. It's the Samwise Gamgee anointing. We, we need encouragers. Do you have any encouragers in your, in your life? Pastor Vince is an encourager for me. We call him Pastor Vince the Merciful. It's one of his nicknames. That's what he, Barnabas is a nickname. His real name is what? Joseph. Barnabas, they're like, oh, here, here he comes, son of encouragement. Because he's constantly encouraging. We call him Pastor Vince the Merciful. If I ever need mercy, I'm just talking, call Pastor Vince. And he'll encourage me. If I'm facing a, a challenge or we go through something difficult, I was just, you know, in the course of conversation and praying, Pastor Vince will say something that just lifts my spirit. Always. For as long as I've known you, you've been like that. Amen. And I thank God for that gift. It's, it, it, it can be frustrating when you want to backhand somebody and then somebody's talking you out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course, you never feel that way. You're all holy and stuff. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, encouraged people, and he, and he did that three different ways you'll see in the Scripture. The first way is he, he released a gift of giving in the church through his own personal giving. Dr. Morocco has been an encouragement to me to give. My, my wife has been an encouragement to me to be, a, to be a giver. I'm not talking about tithing. If you don't tithe, then you're stealing. That's not giving. You're a thief. I'm, is that not harder? You want me to go harder, don't you? Okay. So if you don't tithe, I mean, I, here, just let me just slap that for a second, and then I'll be sweet. I don't know how you can trust God with your eternal salvation, but you can't trust him with 10 cents on the dollar. You tell me how you can do that. I, so you tell me who, who you're really worshiping. Anyway, I need some encouragement and mercy. I'm coming over by Pastor Vince. <laughs> I'm just going to stand right here. Praise the Lord. That's not giving. Giving is above, above the tithe. Tithing is returning what already belongs to him, so that's not giving. Giving is after that. And there's a couple different ways of giving. There's almsgiving. Now, almsgiving is not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. You, you get, bless somebody, but you, you don't trumpet that out. Because why? Because, because that's pride, and that's your ego, and that doesn't do anything but demean someone. So if, if John needed some money, and I found out about that, and I was able to give him a Pentecostal pocket stuff. How many of you know what that is? A Pentecostal handshake or, you know, put some money in his pocket. And then I went and told everybody, I just gave John a hundred bucks. What is wrong with you? That, that demeans John. That de that, and you, you already got your reward. Whoever thinks good about you, which nobody will. And just know that you're all full of yourself to try to blow your own trumpet. So, you know, I mean, it's just like, I, I don't, could you actually get cursed through that? It's not a good seed. It's not. Right? So, I mean, come on. Don't be foolish. It's ridiculous. But there is almsgiving. So when you, when you see somebody or they, you, they have a need and you're able to, like, bless them and you bless them and you, and you walk away, you don't tell anybody about that. That's, that's not what this is talking about. 
he was a giver and that what he did was he sold a piece of land, and this is Acts 5, and he gave the gift in front of everybody. He laid it at the apostles' feet. And it doesn't say specifically in the text that we, that we know exactly what the amount is or anything, but we do know that he sold a piece of land and he gave all of the proceeds, it does say that, and he gave it to the apostles in front of God and country, in front of, in front of the whole congregation. And it then says that there was this welling up, a release of generosity in the church where people gave so much so that nobody had any needs. The gift of encouragement was released through giving. He modeled it and it released generosity throughout the church and the church was blessed as a result of it. Now Ananias and Sapphira, that story's right there too. Ananias and Sapphira were encouraged to give but then they had some greed up on that thing and decided to try to look like Barnabas but they were lying. They were lying to the Holy Spirit, and they said that they gave all the proceeds to get greater recognition from the congregation uh, than was due. And nobody forced them to do that. Nobody twisted their hand to do it. We don't see any, like, you know, we don't see everybody had to sell. You, listen, you ever find a church where they tell you you have to sell something and give it all? You run. Listen, personal ownership and stewardship is between you and God. If you want to sell something, give it to the Lord. By all means, give it. And there are times when, when, when that can be given in such a way that it's, that it's open and it releases the gift of giving. Uh, not long ago, my wife and I had a prophetic conference. We were giving, the, the Lord's talking to me to tell me to give $1,000. Okay, well, I, you know, it might not be a lot of money for you, but it was a lot of money for, it is a lot of money for us. So like, I just like don't want to do that. Then it came, and I'm, I'm wrestling with the Lord. And our guest speaker, Bishop Hooks, is like, all right. So we're going to receive a 200, I'm like, 200 bucks. Yeah, it's 200. Praise God, 200. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, but, but I know what the Lord told me. And, and then I felt like the Lord said, I want you to do that, and I want you to let people know. You tell, encourage people. Well, we, we did that. Do you know that God has come through for me many times over, supernaturally, above and beyond, miraculous intervention and blessing? You know, I know it's directly related because I sowed the seed for that effect to happen. That doesn't always happen. Come on, don't give to get. That's wrong. It's an attitude of your heart. But I, I, I know that it encouraged many. And other people jumped on and people gave and sacrificed. And I know that the blessing of God went out. I heard testimonies this week. Thank God for the gift of encouragement in the area of giving. And that's what, that's what Barnabas did here in Acts 4 and Acts 5. Youth ministry buried Ananias and Sapphira. The second thing you'll see an aspect of this Barnabas anointing is he released people into their ministry by seeing their potential. Now I love this. This is amazing. He released people into their ministry by seeing their potential. He saw a guy, his name is Saul, and everybody's scared. We read the scripture. They don't trust him. They don't think he's a real disciple. Oh, no, that's the Christian killer. That's the guy that, oh, yeah, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. And he said, no, really, you should hear his testimony. Jesus appeared to him. And he tells a testimony for Saul. They don't believe Saul. They think he's a sheep, a wolf in sheep's clothing. They, they think he's not a real disciple. 
They're not sure what to think of this guy. But Barnabas, the son of encouragement, argued his position before the apostles and gave him, put his stamp of approval. He, the son of encouragement, was able to say, hey, no, this guy's going to do something for the Lord. In fact, he has. And here's his testimony. And here's what happened. And it's then that they received him. It's wonderful to have that gift in your life. You should ask God for it. Ask God for that gift and, and pray for it to be released in the church. Pray for, pray for the gift of the anointing of Samwise Gamgee to be released. So many people want to be the dude with the ring. You know, not everybody's supposed to be the one with the ring. You know, carrying the ring was not a, like a whole lot of fun. It was a burden. You know what I've found is that God has callings and anointings for each and every one of us. And when you operate in that, then that is where the, the, the favor and the flow comes, of the, of the blessing of God. You try to operate outside of your gifting and anointing, you're going to hurt people. You know, Saul was released into ministry because of Barnabas and and then he, you know, he, he, he preaches and he gets himself in trouble and he goes back to Tarsus. But then it was time to call on him again and Barnabas goes and gets him. Wow. He had spiritual discernment to see what God was doing in his church. You know, you need to pray for that. That's a gift that you need. I need that. Listen, you can't have a spirit-filled church and not have, well, you can, not have the gift of discernment. Let me say it again. I said you can't have a spirit-filled church and not have the gift of discernment. The truth is you can't have a spirit-filled church without the gift of discernment, and that is a nightmare. What do you mean? If you can't discern, discernment is the gift to be able to tell that which is good and that which is evil, that which is from God and that which is not from God. But there's, there's the world, the flesh, and the devil. There's, 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 three, there's three different enemies that we have, right? So discernment is to be able to tell which is which. And some people think they have discernment, but they have the gift of suspicion. Discernment, you need the gift of discernment. I need the, I pray for it. God, give me a discerning heart. Help me to see that which you're doing, that which is not, that which you're not doing, that which you don't want to do. I've had people come to try to tell me, oh, the Holy Spirit's doing this in your church. So you need to do this, this, and this. I said, well, that, that could be. It's usually my answer. That could be. Praise the Lord. Lord, have your way. Then I pray. And, I, and I've had the Lord interrupt me to say, yeah, you're not doing that right. You need to change that. How many of you know you need God to correct your course? You just hear from the Lord one time and then that's it. That's not how it works. It's, it's progressive apostolic vision. So he called you and then he anointed you and you keep moving forward. And then he goes, take a little bit of a right turn. Oh, yeah, okay. And then you keep going and then it's like, take a left turn. Oh. You need to distance yourself from that. Oh, you need to bring that a little bit closer. Oh, oh, he's constantly, if you didn't get corrected by the Lord today. Listen, if you didn't get corrected by the Lord today, you got to wonder. He's a good, good father. Yeah, and he corrects you. He lovingly corrects you. And I'd imagine every day. Raise your hand if you got corrected today. That's a sign of your legitimacy as a son and a daughter. So if you didn't get corrected, there's a name for that. But you can correct it. You can get born again. He loves you and he wants to speak to you. He had spiritual discernment. He was an apostle. He was apostolic, pardon me, I should say. He was apostolic. He's a church planter. 
There's those that run out and get names on their cards, apostle this and that, and never planted anything. I don't really understand that. It just doesn't fit for what I understand to be apostolic. And he was an apostle. Really, he was. He could be trustworthy to carry out tasks that were given to him. This Barnabas anointing. Are you trustworthy? So if somebody asks you to do something, are you trustworthy? Or do you constantly have your own agenda to, to, with an overlay over what you've been asked to do? You know, on the job. Are you honest? Do you just take pens at will from your place of employment? And I'm not talking about the kind of pens that are, you know, advertising that they want you to take their Matt Valley pen from the bank. They want you to because then you remember it like I just did, those little green pens. Yeah, that, their, their, their pens are, their little pen advertising is working. I just mentioned it to potentially thousands of people. Right, so they want you to take the pen, and they want you to talk about it, and they want you to leave it somewhere. Yeah, it's advertising. And we've had pens at different times in the church. And but do you take pens that are not advertising, that were purchased by your employer, and you're taking paper clips and rubber bands and making phone calls on time when you're supposed to be working? I've had people say, well, I, I, you know, we're not allowed to witness, but I witness all the time when I'm working. I'm, I, I rebuke you. You're supposed to be working. You work when it's time for break or whatever, and then you get like some free time. Witness then. Amen. Work hard. Be the best worker out there. Are you trustworthy? Barnabas was trustworthy. Are you trustworthy? He wasn't overly concerned about position. He didn't want to be the Frodo. Couldn't be the Frodo. He realized, no, I'm just here to, Gandalf told me, by the way, Gandalf, who becomes a white wizard, is a type of Christ, a death and then resurrection. And he's, it's, it's like he appointed him to be the helper. He's a type of Holy Spirit, Sam Gamgee. He's even wearing Sting, the sword in that picture. Sword of the Spirit. Anyway, he was content with just being the Samwise and not being the, the Frodo. You, you, you understand? The power of a of being in the position that God called you to be is, is that's where your anointing and that's where your favor lies. You try to scrap for something and, and try to get yourself some position, but you'd be in some trouble. I tried that. I was just glad I had discerning leaders that shut me down. <laughs> some of you ain't laughing because it hurts right now. You're being convicted. He was a man of character. He was what? He was a man of character. Look, when it boils all down, when it boils down, what you do in the dark is who you really are. What you do when nobody will catch you, that, that is the real test of character. And I, I love what, well, I heard Jim LaFoon say this, and I decided to make my own. I, I milk a lot of cows, but make, milk a lot of cows would make my own butter, I've said before. Jim LaFoon said, you know, you know, you know uh, Pastor Daniel kind of talks like that, unless he's preaching. And the paint peels off the wall. But he said, you know, Pastor Daniel, been around a long time. Seen the revival in the 70s. And thousands of people. The Jesus movement. Seen that charismatic outpouring. Seen tremendous moves of God. Not really impressed with people's anointing. Not really impressed by crowds. Not really impressed by any of that. I'm impressed by a healthy marriage. 
I'm impressed by kids that serve the Lord. I'm impressed by a man who runs the race and finishes it. That's what impresses me. I thought, oh, pff, I'm t- I, me too. I said, that's mine. You've heard me say it before. That's where I got it from. Yeah, because anointing and how well you can sing and how well you can dance and how well you can preach and how good you look or how good you think you look. You don't look all that good. Except you, you look awesome. You know, you gotta get you gotta get set free from um, uh, from the desire for acknowledgement. You gotta get set free from the love of people. You gotta get set free from desire to be elevated so you can feel like you have worth. And it took a long time for that to happen. I wish I wish I could tell you something different. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty well. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure I'm done with that. I don't want to be so arrogant to say that I'm not. You know, but but I'm sure the Lord will correct me if something comes up. See, there's people that are not free from from the desire to be acknowledged. Listen, you got to be the Lord acknowledges you. And that's got to hit you and go so deep in you that you will never be duped by anything else. It is a bondage to fear of man and trying to get the favor of man. It is a bondage that is absolutely tormenting. I tried it. It's empty. I've told you this story so many times, but I can see that you want to hear it again. Short version. Had the opportunity to preach in front of my pastor who was like Superman to me. No, I mean, he was like, and he is. He's just a mountain of a man of God. And he really is. And, and back then, I mean, I would stutter almost when I talked to him. It just make me nervous. Because he just had such a powerful anointing on his life. And I wasn't healed of my father wounds. I wasn't healed of, the, of that. I, I needed him. I really needed the Lord, but I thought it was him. I needed him to tell me how great I was. And put his hand around me and tell me I could do it and all that. And, and it just wasn't quite coming. So I was trying to earn that. And I tried to earn that by working extremely hard. I still work hard, but I don't work hard because I have to get something. I work hard because I already have it. It's two very different motivation. And so I... You know, I preached, and man, I fasted and prayed. I preached on, the, on Joaquin and Boaz and these two pillars. It's still one of my favorite messages, like 20 years ago. And I felt like it was packed with revelation. And so I preached, and Dr. Morocco's taking notes, and the power of God hit the men's group. There was like 3,000 people there. It's probably more like 15 people. <laughs> and my mind is like, <sighs> so all 15 people were getting touched by the Lord. Glory to God. And then I went to knock on his door to accept the uh, offer of assistant grand poobah of the universe, you know. Yes. So I, I crack the door and I look in and Dr. Morocco has his glasses. Where are your glasses at? Here, here, here. He's, he's reading something. Yeah. I said, uh, well, I just wanted to come and, you know, receive my... No, I didn't say that, but that's what I was looking for. I thought he was just going to see my face and, like, fall out. 
I thought he would go, oh, you are like, I thought he would stand up and go, you are like Jesus in shoe leather. Oh, where have you been all my life? I've been looking for you this, uh, this ministry. Please come in. Let's discuss your salary. Oh, no, really. But he was very unmoved and very unimpressed. And he just looked at me and said, what do you need? I said, uh. He said. I said, duh, I just wanted to say hi. He says, okay, can you shut the door? I said, yeah. See, when you have experiences like that, where all of a sudden you fall so short, I mean, you just feel just abandoned by the person that was going to pat you on the back. That's God. Because he wants you to do what he told you to do. And when you do it, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And you feel built up because you obeyed. Not because of somebody likes you or, or, or you look good or, or you preach good. Did you preach what Jesus told you to preach? Did you do what Jesus told you to do? Then don't look for the approval of mankind. It'll fall so short and leave you empty. It's an idol. Well, why don't you bump your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Is he talking to you? Go ahead. Unless you're going to lie, then don't lie and say, yeah, he is talking to me. <laughs> Barnabas, the anointing of Barnabas is, is, a, is an anointing of a man of character, a woman of character. Do you have character? I love what the Haggerty said so many years ago. If your anointing exceeds your character, you're going to kill yourself. It's a paraphrase, but it's close, right? How do you say it? I know you say it some cool way. Go. If your anointing exceeds your character, you're going to implode. If your anointing, the power of God on you, exceeds your character, then you, you blow up. I mean, you just get killed. You know, the Lord's more concerned about you having character than you carrying his anointing. And you've got to work on that. What, is, what does your wife or your husband think about you? What do your kids think about you? Are you just all sweet when you're at church, but you're a jerk? It's like Jekyll and Hyde when you're at home. You're like, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My precious, my precious. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody sing with me. What's wrong with you? Well, what's God saying to us? Very simple. We need Barnabas in the church today. Ask God for this gift. I'm asking him for it. Some of you have it naturally. Some of us have to work at it. We need the gift of encouragement in the church. And it's, it's an anointing, it's an enablement, it's an empowerment of the Spirit to encourage people to give, to be a giver. Come on, someone say be a giver. Be a giver. God is going to raise up multi-multi-millionaires in this place to funnel resources to build that facility. And not just that one. We need one in Eagle River. We need to plant churches in every single area of the state of Alaska, overseas. Going to put a church in Juneau. You are? Yes. We're going to put a church in June. When? I have no idea. I need leaders and I need lots of money and we need anointing and timing and all of that. 
We're going to put a church everywhere God tells us to do it. And God is going to raise up people with the gift of giving to release the resources. And I'm going to be one of them. So when I'm so stupidly blessed in every way, don't you like get mad at me. Barnabas anointing is an anointing to release people, to see people. I, I love this, this sharp argument they have. Where is that? Is that Acts 11? Acts 15? Where is it? Maybe it's Acts 13. Come on, all you Bereans. The sharp argument. Thank you. Chapter 15 of Acts. I want you to see this very quickly, and then we'll be closing. So go down to verse uh, 36. No, I want to start in 36. I'm also allergic to somebody telling me what to do. Anybody else feel that? <laughs> 36. Unless it's my, my wife. Okay, it's 36. Sometime later, Paul and Barnabas, love, hey, where are you going? Oh, you're awesome, Karen, Pastor Karen. I'm just hoping I didn't, am I okay? I didn't offend you or anything. All right, good, praise the Lord. <laughs> Let us go back and visit the believers and all the time in trouble, man. Let's all pray for Pastor Daniel. Jesus, help me. No, I'm not. She's got something important to do. Let us go back and visit all the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord, seeing how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take... He wanted to take who? Okay, so he wanted to take John Mark, who abandoned them on the missionary trip to Pamphylia. They have this sharp argument, and it says, Barnabas took Mark. Now understand who Mark is. This is the Barnabas anointing to, to be a giver and release people in that, but also to encourage people in ministry. Listen, if you're not involved in serving in some capacity of the church, I'd encourage you to get involved. If it's not your home church, well, well, we're glad you're here tonight. But serve somewhere in your church. And if you don't have a home church, find one, commit, start tithing, and serve. Because if you don't serve, then you don't actually experience the fullness of discipleship. And so, so Barnabas wants to take John Mark. John Mark, do you know who John Mark was? John Mark was, he was with Jesus when Jesus fed the 5,000. He was with Jesus when he fed the 4,000. He was with Jesus in the, the, well, the upper room. The upper room was probably his parents' home. He was, a, he was a youth. All the apostles, where's my youth at? All of them are about your age. Trip on that. 16, 17, 18 years old, 19 years old, they're all young. They're not, they're not, you know, our age. They're all young, world changers as teenagers. Don't tell me teenagers can't do something they can. God's raising them up all over. And so all the miracles that he saw, he saw the deaf hear, the, he saw the blind see, he saw the mute speak. He saw all the miracles of Jesus. John Mark saw all the miracles of Jesus. So what was it about seeing all the miracles of the Savior? He saw the crucifixion. He saw the resurrection. He was there for all of it. And yet something happened in Pamphylia that caused him to have fear to run and hide. And Paul says, I'm not taking him. He abandoned us. 
And Barnabas says, dude, you wouldn't even be in ministry if it wasn't for me. No, that's not what he said. But, but it's also true. And I don't think he put his finger out and moved his head like that either. But, but what all the miracle services and seeing Jesus couldn't do, it says that, that Barnabas took John, took Mark. This is the picture. He took him. This is taking him. It's taking and it's putting him under his arm and saying, we are going into the ministry. And we're going right back. And you see where they go right back to Cyprus. They go back and they face the fear that scared him before. Barnabas was a father. He was a spiritual dad. And do you know who John Mark ends up being? He writes the book of Mark. He was Peter's emmanuasis. How many of you say emmanuasis? So if you don't hear anything, maybe you'll teach you this little word that I certainly can't spell. But emmanuasis is somebody would tell their stories and emmanuasis would write them. So, so John Mark wrote the stories of Peter. So when you read Mark, it's like Peter's gospel, but Mark wrote it. Pretty significant guy. What all the miracles couldn't do that he saw Jesus with his own eyes, touched with his own hands, a one-on-one -on -one Barnabas anointing, a Samwise Gamgee could release John Mark to be all that God intended him to be. Man, I need Barnabas in my life. You need a Barnabas in yours. And we all need to be Barnabas to other people. And I'll just say, for those of you that are leading ministries, you better not be leading that in the next six months. Why is that? Because you got to grab John Mark, raise him up, and get out of the way for the love of God. Quit spoiling it for other people that think that you're the only one that can do that. You're the only one. Because we want to feel special. We all want to feel special. But you got to get that from the Lord. That doesn't mean in six months you resign. It means you raise somebody up and you, and you replace yourself and you're on to another ministry. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. About six months, I guess I resigned. No, where's your John Mark? You got, you got to take somebody, disciple people. Disciples are not made in the crowd. They're made one-on-one. -on -one. Really? Really? I am preaching better than you're amening. Raise up other people. That's part of the Barnabas anointing. Be an encourager. Release people into their potential. What's God saying to us? We need Barnabas in the church. And uh, um, brother, anointed, key player, would you come? Right, right, just come straight up. Sup. You're a Barnabas to me. He just plays. Go ahead. Anything. No rush. <laughs> Take your time. Okay, so so play the first key you played. Okay, I kind of felt a little something right there, but then when you shifted. I get touched. Same thing happens, Minister Mike and a number of others. Not, not, not everybody. Why is that? I don't know. I'm weird. I'm all right with that, though. 
Listen, what moves me, moves me. If it doesn't move me, it doesn't move me. I can't fake that, can't lie, whatever, I don't know. Get up here and just start pounding out some southern gospel. I'm going to need to answer a healing call. No offense. I just don't like southern gospel. Just most of it don't like it. I don't lie. I don't say it. Don't I just, just <laughs> doesn't move me. Yes, I know people love it. And may, may you love it. Praise God. I'm so glad we'll have specials. We'll do things like that. But, so can we think southern gospel all the time? No. Why? Because I can't stand it. Not ever done really. I, 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 but it doesn't move. Do we have it sometimes? Yes. Is it okay for you to love it? Yes. We want to have it in the church all the time. Open your own church. <laughs> I'm talking about the gift of encouragement. So when you play, I feel the Spirit on me to worship. He encourages me to worship just by His Listen, don't you want to be like that for somebody? I want to be like that for somebody. I want to be like a Barnabas that sits sets people's hearts on fire. Man, I just spit everywhere. Do you see that? Sorry. You don't want to fall out right on that spot. Or either, or maybe, maybe, come on, Jesus, spit on people. Come on. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on. Come on, lift your hands. Call on His name. Call on His name. Release the anointing of being a son or daughter of encouragement. Jesus, you're here tonight and you're struggling and you need a touch from God. You need some encouragement. God wants to encourage you. You see, that's me, man. I, I, I just need a touch from the Lord. Quickly come, quickly, quickly come all the way to the front. Whoa. Lift your hands. All the way to the front stairs, lift your hands. Expect Jesus to lay hands on you himself. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's a great physician. He's Jehovah Jireh, God, my provider, my provider, my encourager, my strength, my ever-present help in time of trouble. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, just begin to say his name. Jesus. Come on, say it again. Say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, continue to just call out the name. Discouragement's leaving. Jesus Release your power right now upon these Release a spirit of encouragement In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus Quickly, ushers this side, power.
in Jesus' name. Encouragement. 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 Leadership. Leadership. Holy Spirit. Release your healing touch, your fire, your anointing right now. Three. Go to the stage, please. Fall on us, fall on us, fall on us, fall on us. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Come on, just talk to the Lord. Let it rain. 
exactly where they need to be, on the wall, on the field, and on the inside as well as the outside. I am positioning my people of calling it all, causing it all to come together, to fit together, joint to joint, ligament to ligament, tendon, an exceedingly vast army filled with the breath. I pray for a divine alignment. I pray for releasing of your dread champions. I pray for divine alignment tonight. In this house, in this region, across denominational lines, across ethnic lines at every age group let your power come on 10 year olds 17 year olds 20 year olds 30 somethings 40s 50s 60s let your power come upon this generation to fulfill what you've called us to holy spirit reign longer and service will be over although it should never end in your house in your own heart come on press in the land. Seer, what do you see? Seer, what do you see?
Many, many obstacles over the years. The enemy has tried to stop you over and over and over again. The floodgates are open and the dam has been released. There's been certain things that have hindered and structures and timings. The Lord says the time is now. The season is here. And I'm going to release such a blessing upon you. To flow through you. To touch a generation. Holy Spirit's doing a mighty work even in your physical body. He's the one that's touched your heart to make you hungry. Hunger and thirst when sincere changes a generation. Your hunger and thirst is sincere. I've heard your cry. I've seen your sacrifice. It's come up as a memorial before me. images of you in Bible school and missionary journeys. I see flashing images of you teaching people and releasing people. All that you've been through even to this point has brought you to even this day and this next season now that starts now, starts tonight. Thank you. 
God, don't leave this place in that condition. You must be born again. If you're not born again, you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I implore you and plead with you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. You say, Pastor, didn't you do that last service? I do it every service because I'm convinced you're going to bring people that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And I'm convinced that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you might have gone through a, a time where you're not as on fire. Maybe you started to slide away from him. I understand how the devil works. He's a bad devil. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus or you need to recommit because you drifted all across this place, you say, that's me, Pastor. Every head bowed, every eye closed, those online, those on YouTube, those on Facebook, those on Instagram, those on our web stream, those on our podcast. If that's you, you want to get right with God first time or recommitment, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, unashamedly. Two, three. Do it right now. Lift your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else over on this side? I see that hand all the way in the back. Thank you for your honesty over on this side. Online, perhaps. Pray this with me. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. I ask you tonight to forgive me, to come into my life, to come into my heart, and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Lord, have your way in me tonight, tomorrow, and the rest of my life. Amen. Holy Spirit, fill, touch, bless, baptize afresh. In the name of Jesus.
release the anointing of Barnabas upon us. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, O oh God. Lift up your countenance, Lord. Just be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. God bless you. We'll hope to see you on the weekend. God's good. The devil's been defeated. Praise the Lord. Feel free to stick around, hang out. A fellowship. Just try to have fellowship out there. Let's allow for the Holy Spirit to do what he's doing. If you need to slip out, get home. I understand. If you're being ministered to, you do not need to move. Please be mindful. People that are, might be lying on the carpet are not a speed bump put there by the church. If we could keep it to a hush, you can please have fellowship outside if you would. Let's sing it again one more time.